Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. Well, Sean, as is usually the case, we are back with another fantastic podcast. And in the world of sports, there's a lot to talk about. So much has happened over the last week. We're still in the middle of the basketball playoffs. The uh, United States Open Golf Tournament has just wrapped up. We've got uh, football coming up. Of course, uh, baseball is in full swing. The hockey playoffs, it's just unbelievable the amount of sports that we've got going on. Now, we can get to all of that, but something even more important took place last week, and we do not want to overlook anything that has to do with Juneteenth, which uh, commemorates June 19, 1865, when Union soldiers brought the news of freedom to enslaved black people in Galveston, Texas. And that was two months after the Confederacy had surrendered. So it probably could have happened sooner, but at least it happened. Now, obviously, uh, that is an important point in history, but equally as important, uh, recently, President Biden signed into law June 19th as a federal holiday, 30 eight years since our last federal holiday, which is Martin Luther King Day. So it has been an important time in U.S. history. And um, with all of that being said, why do you think this is happening now? Why didn't it happen 50 years ago or 20 years ago or, or some other time in history? How is it that right now is the important time for this to take place? You know, I think it's just where we are in the world far as uh, council culture, far as new generation taking over, uh, Gen X, Z, um, millennials. Um, it's a no-nonsense approach now to anything that has to do with stinking thinking. And when I say stinking thinking, I'm talking about, you know, racism, bigotry, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, people are fed up, you know. Mm. Uh, it's time uh, for us to come together in unity and having inclusive, you know, in, in, inclusion for everyone. And, and that is big, uh, in our society now. And we're seeing a, sh a shift. I mean, it's a paradigm shift. I mean, you know, no disrespect to the baby boomers and, and those after, after that generation, but you know, the young folks are teaching us something now, you know, and it's okay. It, it, we need a change. I think the change is good. So, I'm going to celebrate the progress. I'm not going to look at how long it took because we know it should have happened immediately. But incremental steps is still progress. So, you know, we'll keep moving forward as long as we know that we, we can't stop here. You know, not just having a, a holiday is going to solve everything. We actually got to change our behaviors, change our attitudes, and then you know, um, I really believe what you always say, Sherm, about, you know, tolerance and acceptance. Right. right. You know, and I, and I right. think that's huge. You know, we need to accept it now. I think before we've been tolerant. Right. Mm -hmm. As a society. Mm -hmm. But now it's truly time to embrace diversity and accept, you know, and, and appreciate other people's differences. Sure. And I agree entirely. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we talk about inclusion and uh, tolerance, all very different things and acceptance. You know, acceptance is the word for me because it means you're one of us now. 
It, it doesn't mean, hey, I, I could still include you through inclusion because maybe there's a, a quota or something and we have to do it. It still doesn't necessarily mean I like you. Same with tolerance. I'll put up with you, even though I don't agree with you or I don't like you. But acceptance means we don't look at you any differently. You're the same as I am. Sounds like you're talking no. about me, sure. You're talking about me. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, in general, the word acceptance. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. But here's, here's the thing that kind of... Uh, I look at it cross-eyed. Here, here it is. June 15th, the Senate unanimously passed, almost unanimously, passed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, establishing Juneteenth as a federal holiday. It subsequently passed through the House of Representatives by a vote of 415 to 14 on June 16th. Who were the 14 people? I haven't done enough research to find that out. But what is it that you have against making it a federal holiday? Who are you and why? I mean, I mean, I mean that 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 to me is uh, um, the the 415 who voted for it outstanding. But the 14 who didn't that overshadows the 415 for me. No, no doubt about it. I mean, I mean that's that still you know archaic ideal idealism. You know the the whole fact that like oppressed people are looking for out, you know, that, that kind of stinking thinking we know has been going on for the last four years before this new administration happened, right? We've seen some crazy and just some crazy things, for a, la a lack of a better word, uh, in our previous administration. And, and we're still seeing trickle, you know, the, the, the ripple effect of some of those bad behaviors. You know, I, I, I kind of seen some signs now for 2024 that says, you know, take take America back. Where did America go <laughs> to, to, to be taken back? I mean, aren't we all Americans? I, I don't get that. Right. Um, but but, you know, that's maybe a story for another day. But, you know, I think no doubt about it. We're seeing a man shouldn't have to lose his life to get change. There's been so many unarmed black black men that has died. You know, uh, Latino men that has died, people of color that has died for no reason in unexplainable acts. You know, you see those things. And and I think, you know, it, it might be some overcompensation going on, you know, because, you know, most minorities and I'm just speaking as a minority myself, we just want an opportunity. We don't want anything handed or given to us. You know, we're driven over given anyway. Right. Mm. We can adapt, but it, it has been an uneven playing field. And all we want to do is have it set at zero and have the same opportunity as the next person. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, right. And, and it hasn't been set up that way. Right. And we, and we know that. Right. We know it hasn't been set up that way. But I'm, I'm very happy to see that we're, we're trending towards progress, but just. Uh, you know, because legislation is huge, right? It's always great to get legislation behind something. But now can we have individuals who are protected under this Constitution live under the Constitution, you know, mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. our amendment, you know, Espe right. especially for, you know, <laughs> you know, well, especially for. Yeah. Now, this is a federal holiday. But it here's is something. Yeah. Here's something interesting. As of a couple of days ago, Hawaii. North Dakota and South Dakota are the only three states that do not recognize Juneteenth. Right. According to the Congressional Research Service, 
Yeah. So how is it that it, it shouldn't be on the state level if it's a federal holiday? Yeah. So are those are those states just going to brush it under the rug and say, ah, oh, we're not going to it's not going to be a holiday here in these states. I mean, we don't recognize it? that was the same way that Arizona did MLK as well. You remember that? Uh-huh, you know, it was, it was issues there. Um, I, I'm glad to see that Washington state decided to uh, observe it as a state. You know, holiday. I think Texas have already done that, you know, right. on so many levels. Um, you know, I'm part of the DEI committee for Westcliff, and that's something we're going to bring to the attention of our HR staff, you know, to see if we can't put this in rotation. And and, sure. and, and I would love to see some education behind it, you know, um, you know, and have it be a part of, of you know, curriculum, you know, in mm-hmm. education, you know. Because we, we, we do celebrate a lot of different cultures, right, in history. But I can tell you, coming from Maryland, I didn't realize what Juneteenth was until I got to California. And I was stationed with some guys uh, who were from Texas. And I was in the Marine Corps, young, young. I think I was a corporal at the time. And, um, you know, one of my uh, roommates was like, hey, we need to celebrate Juneteenth. And I was like... What's Juneteenth? I had no clue what it was, hmm. right? And hmm. and I was probably at 21 years of age at that point. And he kind of explained to me what it was, and and I didn't even realize that, you know, and that was a part of my culture, right? And it was never taught to me, you know, in education or, you know, system or at home. You know, it, I, I didn't know anything about it because Maryland, Maryland's so far away from, you know, from Texas, I guess it just got lost in translation. So I think everyone should be able to embrace this and, and, and know about it and be culturally aware of it. And it should be in the, uh, in the history curriculum, as sure. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, yeah agreed. Uh, you know, for our listeners that don't know, can you explain a little bit about DEI? You mentioned just a bit ago. Yeah, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and mm-hmm. um, which is very, very important. And, and it's, I'm so proud and thankful that our fearless leader, uh, Dr. Anthony Lee, really is uh, um, an advocate of diversity and inclusion and equity. So um, I'm co-chairing it with uh, Dr. Hubs here at the university, and we're going to come up with a task force that we're assembling that's going to be able to allow us to kind of, um, you know, discuss some topics um, here at Westcliff to, to make a difference for everyone. Mm-hmm. Nice. I wish, uh, I, I don't know if other universities have that. They must at this point. I mean, there's been such an outpouring um, for uh, inclusion and equity that I, I would think that every university would have right. something similar to DEI. Now, you know what? Um, can, I, can I mention hmm. something too, Sherm? You know, of course. Of um, course. I was fortunate enough to, uh, just last week, the CalPAC, or Commissioner Don Ott um, uh, has put me, has commissioned me to do the same thing for the CalPAC. So um, I'm going to be in charge of the DEI task force for the CalPAC. And now we're going to start recognizing and try to find out great ways as well. So that's another wonderful man who cares about inclusion for everyone. So I'm excited um, to be uh, hitting that project as well. Hmm, that's going to be that is going to be a lot of work, and it's going to yep. be huge. 
Yeah, but you're the right person for the job. Man, I appreciate um, it. Well, it's true. Uh, you know, there's some, a few other things I want to mention about Juneteenth. Juneteenth actually has a flag already. It depicts a bursting new star on the horizon. The star represents a new freedom, a new people, and a new star. Its red, white, and blue colors communicate that the American slaves and their descendants were all Americans. Absolutely. So, and, 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 yeah. and here's the deal. Um, it's okay to recognize that. And it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like, oh, because I'm representing Juneteenth, now I'm not American. That's ridiculous. And there's people who have that thinking, like, you have to be one or the other. We're both simultaneously, you know. So we care about the macro approach, and that's inclusion for all. But there are mm-hmm. days on the calendar where we can get specific about great things from a cultural perspective that we want to celebrate. And it's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. And, and it's also uh, known as the Day of Jubilee, right? The Jubilee right. Day. Because if you know about Jubilee, that's like when all debts are forgiven, right? And that mm-hmm. used to happen back in the uh, the culture, I think, before B.C., but you have to check that for me, Sherm. But it was what, like every three years or five years or something, right? You have the year of ju- Jubilee, I believe, as the stories go through. But, you know, uh, please do your research on that. But... You know, that was where all taxes and all debts were forgiven. So people used to um, look forward to the year of Jubilee. And yeah. it kind of, you know, took that kind of uh, uh, approach. And, and and to be honest with you, I think this country needs some uh, year of Jubilee after this pandemic. So a lot mm-hmm. of people could, could uh, afford to have a reset and all debts being forgiven, understanding that the, the climate of uh, our situation and where our country's been through. Sure. Uh, uh, Jubilee is a particular anniversary of an event, usually denoting a significant anniversary like the 40th, 50th, 60th. It's uh, of biblical origins. The term is often now used to to, uh, denote the celebrations associated with the reign of a monarch after a milestone (laughs) number of years. But as you say, uh, um, uh, it's two centuries of uh, uh, has to do with uh, recipes celebrations, um, anniversaries, and um, how to use it uh, or how to celebrate it properly. Jubilee is kind of like, um, uh, gosh, what you know, when you achieve the greatest thing you can. Um, yeah, it's kind of eluding me right now. I'm going to have to look up the word I'm looking for. But um, gosh, when you, uh, not salvation necessarily, but uh, gosh, I can't think of the word right now. I'm going to have to look it up and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure I mention it. But it, it's kind of joy. It's happiness, of course. Um, and uh, the biblical meaning of it uh, is the year at the end of seven cycles, um, according to biblical regulations, had a special impact on the ownership and management of land in the land of Israel. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. So there's so there's absolutely that. Um, and so the history is all over the place and Juneteenth is just a, is going to be an interesting part of it. And to go along with the celebration of Juneteenth, I should mention, there's also specific foods that you'll find that are symbolic. Uh, there are dishes that represent prosperity. Uh, there are foods and drinks such as hibiscus tinged punch that have been served at special occasions. So there's a whole, this has already been in the works for a long time. This isn't something that we just said, Oh, it's all of a sudden a holiday. It's been celebrated. It just hasn't been celebrated officially. Now we officially celebrate it, and the appropriate greeting is 
to say happy Ju- uh, Juneteenth Day. Yep. Yep. So, yep. So it's a great way to acknowledge that. Um, and the, the first flag, this is interesting, that represented the holiday was created in 1997. So Juneteenth recognized has been around for a while, but now we can say that actually, uh, you know, happy Juneteenth Day. And there is a National Juneteenth Celebration Foundation. Um, and so they have a website um, and they, they helped develop the flag that uh, we see today. So it's been in the works for a while. It finally took somebody in administration to say, hey, let's sign this into law. So fortunately, we have that to look forward to. So in subsequent years, are we going to have that off? Is that going to be an off day? Hey, that w- that should be. I agree. You know, it's finally, uh, as a university, we celebrated Martin Luther King holiday this year. Right. For the first for the first time. Yeah. So as a university, we're making progress as well. I would hope that Juneteenth is going to be something similar. And uh, we look at it the very same way. Well, we, we got um, great leaders here that that mm-hmm. and, and we are probably one of the most diverse universities probably in the country. You know, we've represented over 85 different countries and counting. You know, so I think we do a great job of of understanding um, where we are regarding social justice and, and, mm-hmm. and what we're striving to do as a university. Absolutely. And, and you know, as I step back and look at our, our coaching makeup, as an example, we're we come from everywhere. We've got Asian, we've got Hispanic, we've got black, we've got absolutely everything in our coaching ranks. And and it started very quickly. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, with your hiring and and you set off on a, a path right away to to lift Westcliff to the place where we are now. And hey, it's only first round draft picks here. And we're very fortunate that we have that. And we have such a diverse background in our coaching that there are so many points of view that I'm going to miss some things that somebody else is going to see from their point of view. And it only can make us better. It's a great way to go. I, I it just and it happened very fast. You got a lot of people into um, into place very quickly after you took the job. Yeah, you know, um, well, you know, first round draft picks, you know, we yep. that means you got to be active. You got to be proactive. Right. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so no, you know, like I always say, you know, I am because of who we all are. And um, and I'm just proud to to be able to hang on the coattails of some great coaches and administrators. The coattails. All right. Well, here here I'm going to change gears a little bit. And I want to talk to you about something that is fairly similar or has to do with our topic today. And uh, you and I had spoken of it briefly. We've had a few meetings regarding this topic uh, with our head coaches, our WCC, our Westcliff Council of Coaches, and that is the national anthem issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we haven't had to make any decisions because obviously we were off this past year. But you know, uh, our first games are going to be coming up with soccer and the fall sports uh, in August. So we're just a couple of months out. And uh, there has been some rhetoric, there's been some talk about how to handle uh, the national anthem issue if it becomes an issue. Because we're not going to tell people you have to do one thing or the other. There's no consequence. But, uh, you know, you may have some athletes that kneel during the national anthem. And it's something that we want to get out ahead of so that we are prepared when it happens and we know how to react properly. Now, for yourself, and I need to set this up a little bit, it's a bit of a... Of a um, uh, a paradox, I guess you might say, because you fought for this country 
in the Marines. Sure did. And yep, you're a former Marine. And so you protect all the rights that we have here. Absolutely. But right. So it depends on how you view um, when athletes kneel. Now, we know why they kneel, but not everybody sees it that way. They're not disrespecting the flag. Or are they in your point of view? No, I mean, here's the I mean, it's a lot of ways of looking at this. And, and first and foremost, you know, I'm going to tell you that I'm a patriot. Plain and simple. Um, some some of the best years of my life was serving this country, being in the United States Marine Corps. And I am a black man and I've been on the other side of the coin when it comes to being oppressed. So I've been um, guilty by association. I've been um, preyed upon, you know, through stereotypes, so on and so forth. But, you know, when I look at, you know, our Fourth Amendment and, and what we're striving to become, and and, uh, and it's a work in progress, right? <laughs> we're striving to get there. Um, right. and, and then on top of it, you know, um, Colin Kaepernick is one of my Kappa brothers, fraternity brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so and and I think he really, no matter what the intentions were, his carriage has changed the narrative, right, of this country. Period, and and now he's he's forgotten about from a lot of people, and and he was blackballed, not being able to do the job that he loved to do because he was willing to take that stand. So he took the ultimate sacrifice. And getting this uh, um, this pendulum kind of swinging in the right direction. For me, uh, with Westcliff, this is what I would like our athletes to do. I would like our athletes to lock arms, right, during the national anthem for, for all those things of what we strive to become. That's what I would like to see, you know, that we will lock arms in solidarity Right, with our brothers and sisters on the team for what we believe in and what we're striving to be and what we would like to see America to be. That That is my hope. That is my wish. That is my request, you know, for, for my coaches. Um, but this is not a dictatorship. So I understand that others may not agree with that. Um, but one thing about team is whatever we do, I will hope that our culture is strong enough that we can do it together. And that's what I would like to see happen with, with all of our teams. You know, lock arms, you know, together in solidarity for all the things that we know uh, should be America, should represent America. Even though we know that we have a sector, a sector, Sherm, not everyone. We have a sector of this country that, that still needs to uh, get out the Jim Crowish behaviors and, and get into the inclusion and acceptance behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me ask you a direct question then. Yep. If this, if you were at a different time in your life and this was 30 years ago and you were playing basketball, would you kneel during the national anthem? Probably so. You would? Yeah. I'm a, what, what, I'm always, okay, what I'm always, were, I'm always on. I'm always with change, you know, I'm always for change. Okay. But yeah. what if you were the only one on your team that would do that? Yeah. Would you still do it? 
Um, you know, I would talk to my teammates about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would, you know, ask them if they would take a knee with me. And if they felt like they couldn't take a knee with me, then I probably would have asked my coach if I could just come out um, after the national anthem if I felt that strongly about it. Because mm-hmm. because um, I'm never really big on individualism, just me personally. And I never want my actions to be a ripple effect to to hurt the next person. But I tell you, I would be blowing it up every press conference. I would be blowing it up in all different kind of ways. Um, I just wanted to be honest with you and tell you that I don't think the national anthem should be involved in sports from the beginning. Right. I, I think, you know, we know it's paid advertisement. Right. And I, and I really believe that our military can recruit in different ways than putting two and two together, because just because I'm putting my hand over my heart. Right. Before a game for the national anthem don't mean I'm a patriot. Just because you sing the national anthem don't mean you're a patriot. Normally, people who have the biggest problem never served. Some Mm -hmm. some of them even some of them even even ducked the draft when when it was called upon. I mean, one of them was our president, you know, our former president, you know, um, dodged the draft. Bone spurs. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 crazy. So, but but. You know, I, I, I'm always probably that radical for change, but not to a point where when I know I'm a part of an organization, I always look at something bigger than me. But I definitely would have figured out a way to to get the get my point across and, and to bring light to 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 oppression and injustice and all of those things. But mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if I would have um, disrupted the team. But but I really believe that the national anthem has no business being attached to sports. Hmm. You know, be, and, and it's 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 like fake love to me because and the reason why I say it's fake love, and I volunteer every year. You know how many veterans we have in the street that are homeless or or die from mm-hmm. suicide, and nobody wants to step up for it. And then every time it's on the ballot for change, it always get knocked out. So there's some fake people out there. If you, this is you asking me personally, sure, you know. But when I'm a part of an organization, I understand that, you know, I signed up, you know, to abide by the rules and the regulations and the policies. But then I do things, you know, um, like you see me involved in, right? Because, you know, so... I guess what I'm saying in short, Sherm, is it's really, really a, a, a real easy saying, um, you know, if you don't mind me um, breaking it down just a little bit more. It is, um, if, if you don't like something, you change it. And if you can't change it, you change your attitude, right? I, I put that out there, uh, that quote out there to to our staff. And, and so I changed my attitude and I roll my sleeves up and I get involved. And that's the reason why I'm a part of the university's, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion uh, committee. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm leading the task force for the CalPAC in the same uh, sense. So I'm going to go to work 
and and make the changes or be a part of the changes that I like to see. Okay, so before our sports contests as a university that we host, are we going to play the national anthem? You know, um, I've always have been a part of that, but I do know there's um, there's actual um, universities in the GSAC that don't. Right. And um, when I went to that for the first time, you know, being a patriot and serving this country, um, you know, because I, I mean, taps and, and, re- and you know, you know, I, I've always been at attention, you know, when it comes to any yeah. of those things uh, for yep. a very long time. Um, and my kids do the same thing. And, 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 and I think some of that is out of respect for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, because their generation has been impacted way differently from me. Um, but, you know, I haven't made a decision there. I don't see myself not playing the national anthem. Uh, you know, I have a unique ability, Sherm, to not allow my personal feelings, you know, affect everyone else. You know, so, I mean, but but I, I don't think it, it, it should be together at all. I mean, um, you know, I really don't believe it should be together. I think we can right. make a quote about how we uh, honor and respect, um, you know, because we, we do have, you know, our, our military day, right, where we celebrate Veterans Day and Memorial Day. You know, we we celebrate all of those things, you know, in our during our season, right? Um, so uh, I'm thinking that we might just have a statement, you know, a statement, you know, celebrating and recognizing us or not, you know, I have to really look at that. I haven't even uh, put two and two together. So I, what, whatever I do, I'm going to get a force field analysis um, mm-hmm. on it, get some input from our staff, and see where we want to go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but truly, my personal feelings is we know that it was paid advertisement, you know, by the military, and that's kind of how – it jump started, and and I don't think we we got a bang for our buck. Um, you know, people who don't want to take their hat off, don't want to stand up. Some of them drunk off their ass. To be honest with you, when right. the national no, anthem was there, it's true. You know, it's true. Um, they you know, t- totally disrespect. When I go to a game, and you know, if I go to an Angel game as an example, and I'm standing when the uh, national anthem is playing, I scan the stands to see who is sitting. I, I'm always interested to see who doesn't take their cap off. Maybe they forget it's there right. or who doesn't who or who doesn't stand for the entire time. You know, there could be 40 now or 50,000 people in the stands. Everybody returned this past week uh, to full capacity. And so I'm I'm fascinated. Uh, I don't know if I'm fascinated or if I'm angry or what I am, actually. But I want to see who in the stands is not standing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, and I, I've been looking at some of these athletes who have not who have been kneeling during the national anthem it seems to be all or one and by that i mean you know the nba is a very cohesive uh organization where the players are concerned they all support each other so the entire team can walk off the court just before a playoff game as the milwaukee bucks did last year and everybody said hey that's fine we're not going to play And so, okay, you know, everybody's together. But every so often you have an individual athlete and that individual athlete who kneels 
is the one who is ostracized as Colin Kaepernick and never has a chance to get back. There was a baseball player for uh, the uh, Oakland Athletics named Bruce Maxwell. He, he kneeled, knelt during the national anthem. All his teammates stood and they, they all said, hey, you know, we support him. Guess what? He was out of the major leagues that year. They didn't keep him around. It seems like, and, and you know, Alejandro Villanueva, who plays, who was a, a veteran, who plays for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers decided as a team not to go out during the national anthem, but he went out. He was the only one standing there representing the Steelers. And guess what? He comes back in. He said, I was, he said, I've never been more embarrassed in all my life. It, it just seems like if it's a one-off, if it's a solo athlete, they are the ones who get the grief. And all of a sudden, they're the they're the enemy, and they're and they're out like Kaepernick. And there's a couple other football players, um, but every sport has it. And you know, if you're all together as a team, you're okay. But that individual athlete, and the other thing, and I'm going off here, and I apologize. No, no, it's needed. Athletes, but athletes have said over and over, it's not about disrespecting the flag. It's not about disrespecting the military. Yet there are plenty of people who keep forcing that narrative. Even though it's been said over and over, this has to do with social justice and change. That's why we're kneeling. But but there are people, our former president, you know, can't wait to fire people who kneel during the national anthem. He said that. Because why, why don't they get it? Why don't they understand that? You know, we've told you why we're doing this. It's not because we're disrespecting anybody. Why do you keep pushing the false narrative? That's my question. You know, it's just um, just the society we live in, Sherm. I mean, it's crazy. It's so many people say they support the military, but yet our veterans are in the streets homeless. I mean, I mm-hmm. volunteer at the VA. I, yeah. I see it. And there ain't many volunteers. And most of those volunteers are people who served. I don't see mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, non-military personnel that serving. And I'm sure some. So I'm not trying to say all or nothing. Right. But I'm saying it's not a it's, it's a hell of a lot less than, than those who claim that they patriotic. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Okay. Mm. That, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like, I, I didn't get drafted. I went to the Marine Corps and said, sign me up. You enlisted. I enlisted. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew what I was getting into and I knew that I wanted to protect the freedoms of all people, all colors, all races, all creeds. It didn't matter um, because I wanted to make a difference, you know, and that's kind of what I did, you know, and, and I'm here to tell you, like, it's a lot of people that don't want to take that challenge and I get it. Some people don't even fill out their, uh what is it? Uh, what you got to fill out from the post office when they come in after you graduate high school? Uh, I can't even think of the name of it right now. Well, you, I mean, in order to vote, yeah, voter registration. No, but it's uh, where you, you know you kind of. Um, I don't know why it's losing my mind right now. Sure, I'm sorry. Um, I have I have the same problem. I couldn't remember yeah. Rapture and Jubilee. So. Yeah. Um, um, it's not it's not um, selective service, right? Selective service. Oh. Right, okay. I think you have to fill out selective service when you're 18. Is that correct? I believe it is now, yeah. You know, but but how many people don't fill that out? Hmm. You know? Right, right. Well, you know what? Where the national anthem's concerned, it seemed to be a big issue. Um, I, You know, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of 
I don't want to say took the steam away from certain things. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter really gained steam in right. the middle of the pandemic. But, you know, the national anthem issue kind of went away because we didn't have national anthem for about six months while sports were on hold. So I'm wondering if now that sports are going to be back full time, uh, as they are in you know baseball right now, hockey, et cetera, I don't see a lot of athletes kneeling at this point. And it's not or maybe they are and it's not being reported. Yeah, it, but it's. No, but are we on to the next thing? Is the national anthem? Yeah, I think not a. Go, what kind of issue is it? Is it still a relevant issue because it's not happening yeah, as often? I, I think it is, but I think also, I mean, it's still unrest, right? In, in certain situations, but um, people are still trying to get get justice, right? They're trying to get justice for 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 other things, and and you know, some people not believing in the system anymore. You know, hmm. yeah, and and. You know, a great uh, behind-the-scenes guy, B, you know, just hit me up with some great information about the Pentagon paid sports teams millions for for showing patriotism, right? We know that. And then, you know, my thing also, you know, um, Sherm, is how many dudes, you know, don't sign up? I'm going to double back on this selective service, right? This selective service is for men 18 to 25 years old, Right to put your name in the system and register. And that gives you, you know, so you can be in the system just in case we need to, to get you for the draft or whatever the case may be. You know how many people mm -hmm. don't want to sign up for that? But yet they say, they, um, but you say they're patriots? Hmm. But, yeah. but they won't sign yeah. up for it. Not my son. Hey, I'm going to college, right? I'm going to college. I'm, you know, they wanted to uh, beat up Muhammad Ali for Vietnam, right? Right, right. But how many other white-collar folks ducked it as well? My dad was a Vietnam vet. You know, I have mm. two other uncles who served in the military as well, in the Army and the Navy. Sure. So, you know, I've seen it. Um, my dad was in 30-some years before he retired. So were you military brat? Never was a military brat. Okay. Um, for the simple fact that my mom and dad, you know, uh, you know, uh, broke up before I could oh, come okay. of age. Oh, so you you stayed in one place predominantly. Yeah, yeah. He was okay. in California and I was in Maryland. Maryland, right? Okay. But but when he came home, of course, the military never left him. He was in full military uh, fatigues. You know, uh, career. Yeah, career military. Yeah. Man. Did you ever did you ever consider that as a career? Um, I knew going in that I was getting out. Oh, okay. You know, but you did. You you signed up twice. You you know you you re-upped right. You did eight years. No, I I got put in. I won't say a bad contract, but um, oh, you needed a better agent. Yeah, I needed a better agent. <laughs> okay. My my recruiter uh, maxed me out a little bit. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, all right. Well, and then I was uh, um, stuck on a Westpac um, in the Persian Gulf and got extended. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I can remember being in the Persian Gulf uh, in 94, I want to say, well, Christmas of 94 in the Persian Gulf, um, the international waters of a threat off of uh, uh, the coast uh, of uh, Kuwait and Iraq. Hmm. So hmm. I got a chance wow. to be there and did that a little bit, sure. Yeah, a little bit. My goodness, you're right in the thick of it. Yeah, so, I was in um, Mogadishu, Somalia, about six months or yeah, seven Somalia. months after uh, after Black Hawk Down. 
Hmm. Yes. Okay. So I've seen some things. I bet you absolutely have seen some things. My goodness. Um, okay. So you know what? Um, coming, I, I guess going back to you know, obviously your military background, um, and do would you rather have athletes stand during the national anthem, or or just to express themselves, be themselves? If you see an athlete kneel, how does that make you feel? It don't make me feel anything because I, I actually um, know they're not disrespecting. The military, and number one, you know, it has nothing to do with the military. I mean, the, the government disrespects the military more than the military be dis, dis, disrespected by any civilians. When we sign up, we know that their right to kneel is is what I signed up for. That's freedom. Right. Right? Right. So, right. you know, under the Constitution, and we know it didn't originate for everybody in its conception, right? It, I, w- I was three-fifths of a man as I served. Right. I wasn't even considered a full man under the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But but we also know that, you know, we want to embrace all these rules and regulations. But if we just uphold, you know, our Fourth Amendment rights, I think half of the problems would be solved. Hmm. But hmm. but we never want to talk about that. We just love talking about one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The First Amendment. We just love talking about that. But really, everything that this country struggles with falls right under that fourth amendment okay um well yeah that and the right to bear arms yeah oh yeah you know that's became very very popular and and i know we in the midst of something in california with you know the uh, automatic assault weapons you know being mm-hmm. uh, allowed temporarily right now uh you know what's interesting is i just read um earlier that the uh governor of Texas, I believe, signed into law that you can carry a concealed weapon without a permit now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Wild West is coming back, I guess you might say. And by the way, for those that are unfamiliar with the um, Fourth Amendment, with, uh, the Constitution of the United States, 1789, revised in 1992, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall, shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. Yeah, um, yeah that that's, you know, that brings a, a whole new light. You know, I bet there are most of the people in this country that don't necessarily know the amendments or don't necessarily know the Constitution. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know if they if they teach that in history anymore. Uh, you know, I remember having to learn it. And my parents took me to Washington on a trip in 77. I was 11 years old. And we went around to all the monuments and we read everything we could read. And we did a whole history thing. And, you know, my parents are from Philly. So we, you know, did a whole reunion tour with them. This was, again, when I was a kid. But we made sure we included the history of the United States in it. Go. To, we went to Boston. We did uh, all that you know, Constitution Hall. We did all of it. It was a great trip, and I remember it very well, even though it was a very long time ago. But I'm wondering how many how many students, how many people in the United States know anything about the Constitution of the United States or the amendments. You know, this is what we fight for. But this generation, I don't know, is very aware of that. You know, it just, you got to go back to Juan Carlos and Tommy Smith and, and uh, Muhammad Ali, as we said, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, these are all sports figures that fought for this 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And they're not getting the credit that the athletes today are getting. Uh, the media is different entirely, obviously. 
And it's the way it, you know, is some of it, I guess, the way it's being portrayed in the media. Absolutely. Do you agree? No, I okay. agree. I agree for sure. But that, okay. that equal protection under the law is what we see for the last four or five years that hasn't been there, right? Right, right. You know, I guess you could, yeah, you, you could mean, say that. Obviously, with all the uh, the shootings and and, right. uh, yeah. and the no not warrants that for the wrong people, right? Right. You right. can't. You, most of the time, you're not coming back from a bullet, right? <laughs> you know, unlawful yeah. search and seizures and so many different things, right? Because yeah. of this Jim Crowish kind of thinking, right? Um, that that hey, you're not an American, right? It's being a citizen is huge for those who are not a citizen of the United States, you know? Okay. So right. it's, it's huge. You know, yeah. And we have, uh, you know, we're branching off into some interesting territory here and I apologize if I'm taking us off point, but I want to know what you think. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of mass shootings. There was another one in Arizona this past week and, and it's happening frequently. What do you think for a civilian to own an AR 15? Here's the deal. Like, you know, we know what AR-15s are designed for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to carry. I used to carry M16. You know, mm-hmm. M60. On, I used to have one of those too, and and a 249, which is a, a a gun. You know, a grenade launcher. You know, kind of device for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we need tougher gun laws, regardless. We need better background checks. Right. We need those things in place. Nobody's trying to um, take away anyone's Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is that we need to be smart about who we allow to have guns. So if you have a record, of course, we need to look at that. If you have a history of mental um, illness, we need to look at that. Right. I mean, it has to be some common sense within the framework of what we're trying to do. So in some states, the laws to have a gun um, is a little loose, and, and we're seeing that. You know, people kill other people, not the guns they use. Um, but I tell you, it makes it faster, right, to kill multiple people, right? And, and, sure. and, and sometimes... Those who are armed have better um, weapons than the police who serve them. Mm -hmm. So we definitely uh, need to just do a better job of background checks, Uh, background checks and and who we give it to and longer processes. And, And then for me, after that initial check happens, I think it has to be some continued education with gun owners because the laws and and guns do get sophisticated. So you need to be able to uh, be certified in the guns that you have. Um, When I was in the military, I had to get, uh, I had to do qualifications to carry a pistol and an M16. So why can't civilians have to have those same qualifications and education? So I, I, I don't think you just do one check and then all of a sudden you good for the rest of your life. I think you got to check back in and continue to give the education as clips get longer and hold more rounds and those things, you know, those kind of t- things happen. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. 
It just has to be more education awareness, and then it has to be, you know, registered. And I think if you get caught without a registered gun, you know, you should be suspended. And I think mm-hmm. those suspensions should be heavy enough to make you not want, you know, to. And I think we need to have a little more amnesty to those uh, unregistered guns to get them in, right, to be registered. So I'm not all about saying, hey, you have to ban this type of weapon than the other because all guns can kill you, even if it's a one-shooter. You know, it's it, you can get killed by that. It's been historic events have changed by people getting, you know, killed by a pea shooter, they used to call it, right, for lack of a better word. But um, I just think we need to have more education and awareness around it. Okay. So do you think an AR-15 or an AK-47 or any military assault weapon? Military grade? Yeah. Is it it okay for civilians to own? I mean, if they certify to, to handle them, I don't have an issue with it. Okay. And if they okay. and if they checked, you know, regularly, and they do continue education. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but we can stop that. I, but on the same breath, Sherm, I'm not opposed if if the military says all military grade weapons are off limits to civilians. I'm not upset with that either. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not. A, I'm one way or another. I'm not upset. And maybe because I handle guns. As a young kid, I went through a hunter safety course when I was 14 years old so I can hunt rabbits and squirrels with my great-grandpa, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. So, um, but but we know you have to be careful in the safety rules and regulations and the way that guns need to be stored and locks and all kinds of things, right? Um, those things have to happen. Um, so I do think that we have to have stiffer uh, regulation around it. We need to have task force that just go around and audit uh, people who are licensed to carry, you know, guns. I mean, it should be a whole, um, you know, system in place for that to happen on a routine basis. I mean, every so often in the military, um, the armory has to be counted, right? You got to count the armory, you know, you got to match it up, make sure the serial numbers match. Who has the guns? And, and and I think we should have the same uh, system in place, especially if it's adopted in our Constitution. Why hasn't this already been in place? But because we let big time lobbyists, right, control our politics. We can do better in this area. Okay. Um, you know, we we can do better in this area, but I'm, I but I understand those who oppose it, who have okay. lost people. You know, do you think? Do you think? Well, you mentioned your task force. Um, you know, I'm looking up information on hunting. Uh, hunters bought over 15.6 million hunting licenses in 2018, according to U.S. Fish and Game. That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's over eight million people hunt deer annually. How can you get around to that many people? Yeah. And and you know, there there are people that own 100, 150 guns. They you know they want to feel protected. I. I guess I understand. I mean, yeah, but, I don't know why you need that many guns, but okay, but, you're allowed to have them. You know, I guess my my point, though, Sherm, is it's better than nothing being done right now. Yeah, that okay. You know, all right. That so makes, that's that my that's sense. my point. You know, if you know you if you do it randomly, at least it's a system in place, right? But I mm-hmm. think here's the deal, though, that I think that um, we really need to, to take a 
uh, a point, make a, a point on this. If you have the license, we know who you are. So make it mandated for continued education. Okay. That we know okay. that you're still competent, right? And you should be able to break down the weapon that you have because you got to clean it, right? And you should be able to take tests regarding the weapons that you have registered. You, we got to know that you know how to operate that weapon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Safely, you, safely. Yes. Well, you know, if we get to that point, um, you know, when I was a kid, I went to summer camp. I hope a lot of kids had that experience. It was great. We had riflery and archery. Now, we weren't necessarily firing rifles. It was more BB guns. But do you see, I'm kind of circling back here in a sports theme. Do you see that as maybe sports for CalPAC or the GSAC or NAI or NCA shooting? Do you think that could be a sport we have it in the Olympics? I mean, it, archery, shooting. I mean, it probably won't make it. Probably won't, will it? From state to state, it won't. Midwest won't have a problem. Calif- probably not. California, we will. Not. California, we will. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I, you know, I didn't think about it on the state level. All I thought about it was for the conference level. Hmm. Hmm. I see. But you know, there are great sports, well, though. You know, great sports. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking at, as an example, the CalPAC has 15 schools, but only 10 of them play baseball. So you could still offer it as a sport. Right. You might not get everybody involved. Well, here's, but... here's the deal. I think we're coming up on 23 um, sports at Westcliff, but all of them are not CalPAC NAIA sports. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, we're, well, you're doing that with an eye toward the future. Yes, I am. Yeah, um, you know we have we have coaches and we have sports that do not participate at the NAIA level. They're more at the NCAA level. So I, I don't want to give away too much to our listeners, but uh, you know there has been some talk about uh, our our interests in certain NCAA levels. So I think you should you can, always strive to be better than where you are. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, is it possible? One school to be, I mean, you could be one level in one sport and a different level in a different sport? Um, you can't in college. You can't. You can't do that, right? No. You cannot do that in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I was just kind of curious in that you can part. I, I Gosh, I'm trying to think. Year, you know, a few years ago, didn't we uh, participate in uh, GSAC in volleyball, even though we weren't the NAIA yet? We did. They had like we a um, a league, and we participated in it. And um, we have tennis is one of our few sports that'll be uh, playing in the GSAC versus, you know, the, the CalPAC. Yeah, why is that? CalPAC doesn't have any tennis teams. Really, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And and we don't and and at this level, especially in this part of this of the country, we don't have football. I love to have football. That would be great. That would that would be a game changer all the way across the line for just about every every school. If I can I get think. a big sponsorship and I can look into it, um, I'm gonna look and see if Under Armour would sponsor us a football team. Man, oh man! If, if they would do that, and and I could get all the equipment and all that done, then we could look at the football schedule because the football schedule traveling could have been what we would put into equipment, and it would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, it. the travel budget would be off the charts. That would, I mean, well, I know we'd probably, have a sponsor, I understand. Probably but rival, how, rival your travel budget. 
baseball, yeah. <laughs> baseball pack. Great. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it don't get no bigger than you in, in softball yeah. with everything y'all carry. That's funny because we only have one overnight trip this year. I, I've got room for a second one, but we haven't booked it. So, so far, we're baseball is only heading out to Arizona to play Benedictine, uh, I believe, in April. So, and uh, it, that's going to be an interesting travel because Benedictine is also hosting the baseball playoffs this next year. So, it's possible we go out there to play and uh see how that weekend goes and if we make the playoffs we got to come back here and then we turn around and go right back out there so that's i don't know what our that, oh my goodness that's true i, I just got an application request for o-line coach that be or be yeah. our own line coach <laughs> so, yep i got the, yeah i see that yeah, line coach yeah, right here he, so we know who our o-line coach is going to be soon we get this football going yeah that's uh that would be, you know, that's a huge proposition. It's not going to happen overnight, obviously, but that football would change the, the landscape of everything. Man, that, I, I that would, would love be, to have football. Yeah, that would be, you know, that when I say a game changer, I mean that. I don't even know the the effect that that would have on everything. If you and you would have to be the commissioner, so uh, we might move Don Ott out and move you into that spot. If football, if if you got football, I'll help you with it. If that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be happy to throw my hat in the ring and whatever we have to do to make that happen. Man, that so, that would be a sweet thing, right? Oh my goodness, that yeah, that would elevate. That would well, we probably get a television us. contract. You know, football well, you know always what? do that. So, well, if we keeping an eye on the future, if we're gonna hopefully try to be better than we are, we might have to be in a in a conference that already has football if we're going to move up somewhere down the line. So we're going to have to, we may have to look well, that, at that Well, that wouldn't anyway. be the Pac-West. And, uh, and that's the closest D2 to us. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess Concordia, they don't really have football. Mm -mm. Azusa Pacific used to have a great football team. Everybody just did away with it, all the presidents and – I know, and that's and a shame. Christian Okoya came from Azusa Pacific. And, uh, the Nigeria great, Nightmare. Yes, there were some great players that came from there, unfortunately, and they don't – well, shucks, we're just going to have to go D1 then. Well, well, hopefully they got his jersey <laughs> hanging somewhere. Oh, I'm sure they do. We're going to have to go D1, which means, well, uh, Pac-13 <laughs> be in the pack. Hey, I'll take it. I'll go WCC. Uh, yeah, what about – yeah, or the Big West. Well, WCC don't have football, so – I mean, nah, they got have, rugby, but that's it. Yeah, we don't have that yet, do we? No. We have rugby. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm. Sh are you considering? Are you still considering other sports that we don't have? I am, but I want us to be polished in the sports that we have. Hang some banners yeah. first. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I understand. I'm waiting just for baseball to get the first one. Hey, I'm waiting for us to just get on the field, man. I can't wait. Hey, I, we I'll still have a little ways to go. August 14th. August 14th is going to be a, a great day for us. August fourteenth. Because that's, that's when we were. That's yeah. our first. I think we have a weight game. Uh, is that soccer? Um, it could, let me see who that is. To be honest, uh, I should know right off the, right off the bat. Something's telling me I think it's volleyball, but. Oh, okay. It might be uh, volleyball, right? Could, right. It's obviously be. a fall sport, so. Could be. Let me see. Uh huh. Hey, our little break in the action. We have to let our listeners know that uh, our fiftieth podcast will be the next one. Ooh. So. Yeah, Ooh. we we moved through this year pretty quickly, and uh, we're very much looking forward to that uh, little bit of celebration. And and more importantly, the big date is September seventeenth. 
That is the date of the bald versus bald one-on-one Sean versus Sherm. Oh, at yeah. The, uh, yep. Oh, at, yeah. Uh, our, at our original campus on Von Karman, and uh, where our Western State College of Law is now housed. But uh, that's going to be a fun afternoon. We're, we're looking forward to uh, a little entertainment, maybe some food, maybe some music. It's going to be a big, a big day. So for all the listeners out there, the 17th of September, mark your calendars. That's going to be a big one-on-one between Sean and Sherm. Hey, I was thinking, Sherm, that we yeah. got we to gotta up this up a little bit. Let's see if we can't partner with, um, you know, the National Cancer Association. See if we okay. can't get some donations for this game. And then um, I don't know how we want to do it, but we can get with our um, astute SID team and see if we can't have uh, donations for Sean or, or, or Sherm, and then all the proceeds go to uh, the Cancer Association. Cancer awareness, yeah. We, you know, we've donated to that before. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Lee matched our donation. He did. Yep, and so we gave a, a nice check to the uh, Cancer Awareness uh, and American then, and Cancer then let's, Society. Let's talk to Kyle Rouse because I know he had a a, a, a free throw a free throw like telethon that he yep. had, and maybe we can incorporate that in the morning before our game. Okay, and let's try to raise some money for some great causes, and then any other things that we can. This is just off the top of the dome. I know. We're going to have people scrambling, you know, scrambling a little bit like, you know, what is he doing? I'm just trying to get back to the people, y'all. That's all. Well, that is, you know, one of our five C's, making a tremendous impact in the community. That's our third of our five C's. Absolutely. So we, uh, we, we at Westcliff do that frequently. We, we got to tie that in somehow. Okay. Well, that shouldn't be so difficult. We've done it before, so we know the formula to make it work, and I'm sure the American Cancer Society would uh, would help us with that, and um, you know I'll I'll get in touch with Coach Rouse or, or any other together. any other deserving organization we feel that we could support would okay. be totally fine. Hmm. See how right. see well, how we can make that happen. Okay, let me talk with Katie, Katie Rouse, who is our Katie has a lot of titles now. <laughs> <laughs> she just got another one, I believe, right? Is it the DSR, DMR? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Are you talking about the the woman? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. What did you call it, uh, sir? I can't. I I don't. What was her most recent promotion? She just. She's our. Yeah, she's associate athletic director, and so. Uh, but she just got another promotion, and I, I can't remember what it is. Do you remember what it is? Sure, I, I remember what it is, but I, I can't believe you can't remember. Yeah, I know. I'm disappointed with myself. I have to go back. I have it here in my notes, but I just uh, where I haven't your, been able to find it. Where in your notes do you have it, buddy? Uh, let me see if I have it in my Katie Rouse file, because I actually have a file for Katie Rouse on my computer. Um, uh, I don't know. Gosh, Senior Woman take... Administrator. Is, oh, okay. Is, is the title. SWA. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's Senior for the, that, that's actually her title because that's what the NCAA designated, but um, the, the NAIA uh, designates it as senior woman leader. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have a lot, you know, we have a lot of uh, women leaders in our athletic administration. We do. We yeah. do. And, uh, you know, uh, our head athletic trainer, Emily Burns, runs that whole uh, aspect of our athletic administration. Taylor Hawkins uh, also. I mean, we've got 
uh, we've got plenty of diversity in uh, in our leadership, not just in our coaches. I mentioned that earlier, but I should have mentioned also in the athletic administration. So, uh, you know, let me talk with let me talk with everybody and see if we can't get this rolling, because uh, I'm sure a few people know more than I do. And so it would be uh, refreshing to get some ideas from their points of view. Well, look in your your notes, look in your notes so you can see how significant. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, if you look in it right now, I just gave you some hot tea on Mm -hmm. what this senior woman leader is all about because some people may get confused just by the title, like why is this needed, what's going on? And this is, uh, number one, she's our uh, highest woman leader in the athletic department, mm-hmm. right, which is phenomenal, right? Her and Michael Hardaway are associate athletic directors. They both do a great job of making me look good. Um, I'm a heavy man, and they seem to be able to carry me, <laughs> you know. They seem, to, they seem to be able to carry me each and every day. So so they strong, man. They strong. Okay? Okay? okay. They carry me, you know. And, and and I'm not light. Okay? I'm not light by any stretch of the imagination. Okay? So if you got the visual on that, just get the visual on that, you know? Okay. You know, when I say that, the second thing pops in my mind is David Goggins. Who's going to carry the logs? Who's going to carry the boats? Who's going to carry the logs? You don't know me, son. You don't know me. They don't know me, son. They don't know me, son. Who's going to carry the boats? Who's going to carry the logs? So for them to be able to carry me, trust me, that's that's like squats and overdrive. You know what I'm saying? Just just imagine an ant, you know, trying to lift an elephant. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the visual I want to give. And, and they do a great job of making me look good every day. So shout out to both of them. Yep. For all their hard work and dedication to our athletic department. Yeah, and Michael Hardaway, our other associate athletic yeah. director, along with along with Katie. Yeah, yeah they Katie. they double team it every day to make me look good. I appreciate mm. it. Well, you know, today was an interesting uh, interesting discussion we had. We we touched on a lot of important issues. Uh, we talk obviously about Westcliff and athletics. Yeah. But, you know, it today transcended everything. You know, we we have an important time in our history with Juneteenth. Um, as well as, you know, we talked about the national anthem issue. There are others that we could discuss. We could stay on here all day and night talking right. about the social issues. Yeah, which we're going to get to in subsequent podcasts. And we have to remind our guests once uh, or our listeners once again that our next podcast will be our 50th. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable how quickly it's gone by. You know, um, and then again, the 17th of September. Hey, mark that on your calendar. Listen, hey, if you haven't seen it or not, Go check out the YouTube, the Westcliff Athletics YouTube, and you're going to see a great video put together by B. And it's a lot of smack talking. I didn't realize how much uh, smack I was talking. I don't know if I can back it up now, sure. You know, <laughs> don't backtrack. You know what I'm saying? Don't backtrack. I, I was, was going to start tap dancing like the late great Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines, yeah, yep. You know, or, or Sammy Davis Jr. I, I, you know, I was going to put on my Michael Jackson uh, zipper jacket and start, you know, doing the moonwalk. I was a little nervous about that. You know, I mean, that's a that's a big boy talking a lot of stuff. They ain't never shot a yeah. basketball in a couple. Uh, it's been about a decade or two before I put the ball in the hoop. I've been yeah. retired, but I'm going to come out of retirement, though, Sherm. 
All right, I'm looking forward to it. When was the last time you shot hoop? Man, the last time I've actually played a physical game yep. of any sorts. Years, Sherm. I don't want to All lie, right. put a year, a number on it, but too long to be talking that kind of smack. Okay, <laughs> okay. I might you not be giving, able to back it up. You were giving me grief about my set shot. I'm Bob Cousy. I was, I was listening to that, and I was like, man, I was on one. Oh, you know what? We haven't figured out what does the winner. What what does the winner get, or is there a consequence for the loser? Man, how do we? Uh, okay. We haven't set all those parameters Listen, yet. I, this is what I do know about. Our production specialist and you know extraordinaire B. We're gonna have one podcast all about the you know the event, and at that yes. time we will reveal what it's gonna be. Okay, but you know okay. what? I think you you know something in my mind saying that you need to get that Nickelodeon slime at the end of the game for the loser. Really? Why not? Okay, uh, th- uh, those are those would be pictures for a lifetime. Yeah, I, I mean, sure anytime you can keep playing my my throw out of you know first pitch on a loop, okay? Hey, that was that's Brandon. That's okay. not me. <laughs> no, I know, I know you making him play that, Sherm, but that's okay, Sherm. Because here's the, you know what my strategy is, Sherm. I'm gonna get so sexy flexy because I I'm I'm just been working out that I'm a they're not even gonna be able to recognize me. They're gonna be like, who's that guy? In your program that threw it out. They ain't even going to know it's me, Sherm. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay? All right. I'm going to get so pretty that nobody even going to know it was me. All right. I'm, I'm doing the step over. So, I'm doing the Iverson yeah, step so, over. So okay? keep on looping that, Sherm, and being all happy every time you see it. Oh, oh, I remember that first pitch. I'm way more athletic than that. If Big Baby can play in the NBA, I can, <laughs> I can do what I need to do now. Glenn Big Baby Davis. Oh my goodness. So it's on, sir. Okay. It's on. Okay. And you right, and well, you and B conspiring against me. I know both of y'all. Game. Y'all conspiring I can't wait against to get me. You out there. I can't wait to get you out there. You talking I'm game. the underdog you in really this whole do. thing. I'm the underdog. For some reason you trying to take the underdog route. It's well, me. Then, I'm the underdog, not you. Yeah, but the why does the underdog talk smack like that then? You think you're the overdog. Don't tell me you're the underdog. Because you ain't gave you're, me enough snacks. That's why. You're, you're you gotta playing. treat you gotta treat the dog right. Okay? Okay, you gotta keep the but, you gotta treat the dog right. Okay, but I'm the dog. I'm Sherm Dog. You are it's, it's in the title. And I'm underdog, okay? okay. All right. So you're the top dog in this thing, all right? Brandon, I know you're listening. We got Sherm Dog versus the underdog. Absolutely. So Okay, we've got a long way to go with this, and we are going to definitely play it up. Pro versus Joe. I'm the Joe here, okay? Oh, okay. I All ain't right. never hit no nothing over a, a, a scoreboard for no walk-off, okay? All right? Okay. okay? All right. But that's okay, though. I'm going to take all of this, and I'm going to use this this negativity as fuel. We got to make sure your son is watching on the 17th of September. Oh, we go, make sure. We can Zoom this for everyone. Sherm, yes, I, I will tell you, I'm taking this serious. I'm doing my push-ups. I'm eating well. Okay? <laughs> okay. I just want to let you know, I'm going to come in at a lean whatever it is. It's going right. to be leaner than what it was. Okay? Are you running? Are you getting your calcium? I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing cuz you don't believe it anyway. All right, we we're not we don't have any substitutions, right? It's you against me the whole time. Uh, I need oxygen, Sherm. That was in my contract before okay, I started. Okay, we can we can take as many breaks as you'd like, but I don't want Dominic showing up in your place <laughs> and then and then and then Sherm getting shredded. Oh, it's man. over in no time. Oh, uh, I can't. Uh, okay, I can't do that. 
I didn't know no, I couldn't do that. Is no that substitutions. No? Oh, okay. I, and we got to make we got to make sure that the people that are there, the fans, the people that are coming, it's not over in seven minutes. You know, we got to got to make sure it lasts a little. How? Uh, what are we playing up to? Are we playing up to eleven or twenty one or? or, or I don't even know where what the rules are. Um, I think we said we we're going a three game series, so oh, we're gonna need okay. some cardio. Oh, yes, we are. And I might need a new set of knees, ankles, and everything okay. else. Um, well, you know what? The training room is right next to the basketball. It, trust court, me, so. trust me. You will smell biofreeze when I'm over there, brother. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, unless you know, uh, Shaq can get me that icy hot contract. We need we need Emily and the whole staff on on site Listen, for that. I will be getting stem in between games. Okay, <laughs> okay. trust me. Okay, all right. But but, but okay. I'm ready though. All right. This is going to be so awesome for the students, for us. And, you know, just a glorious day that we can get back to some kind of normalcy, you know. And and, and I'm I'm thankful for all the first responders who's gotten us to this point and and all the citizens who's doing their part to to listen and and follow through. We now have no masks. I know we still got masks on at our university, at least for another 30 days as we navigate through what OSHA is not telling us. But, hey, you know what? It's a great day to be alive, ain't it? It is always a great day to be alive. It's better to be on this side of the grass, let me tell you. Mm, mm. Yes, sir. All right. Well, hey, with that, another fun podcast. Again, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye and an ear out for the next one. That is the 50th podcast. Maybe something special coming down the line for that. And then again, mark your calendars, the 17th of September. It's Bald versus Bald, Sean versus Sherm. And uh, it's going to be the two handsomes. I'm putting you in there with that. Hey, oh, oh, I'm so lucky. Thank you. I'm the underdog, Sherm. You the top dog. I'm the underdog, but the underdog coming for everything they say he couldn't have. All right, it's Sherm Dog versus Underdog. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast.